True or false, a food allergy skin or blood test that's positive confirms someone has food allergy. That is false. And we're going to talk about that and immune tolerance on today's episode. Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now, here's your host, board-certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited to talk today about allergy skin testing and blood testing and why positive tests don't necessarily mean someone is allergic. Now, they certainly play a very important role in the evaluation of potential food allergy, and that can't really be underestimated or undervalued, I guess I should say. But the concept that a positive test absolutely means that someone is allergic to the food to which they're testing positive is just not accurate. And today we're going to talk about why. But before we really dive into that, I want us to think about the immune system maybe a little bit differently than the way you think about it. Somebody asked me to um, the other day, you know, kind of what's the difference between like an autoimmune disease and why isn't that considered a food allergy or, or an allergic disease? And that's a really good question. The way I like to think about autoimmune disease versus allergic disease, because again, they're both immune disorders, and then we'll throw in immune deficiency disease in there too. I think of those three different areas of immunology like this. If your immune system is not doing what it needs to do, meaning it's really weak, it's missing some components, that's resulting in infections, that's an immune deficiency. So that's too little immune system. So if, 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 if you were watching me or if we were in person, I would be waving my hand down by the floor. So that's too little immune system, low immune system, immune deficiency. Food allergy and, and allergic disease, whether it's pollen allergy, drug allergy, whatever it may be, that's kind of too much immune system. And I'm waving my hand up in the air, um, high in the air, because that's the immune system really going overboard, attacking things it has really no business attacking, right? I mean, there's no benefit to anybody being allergic to pollen or peanut or penicillin. And then there's autoimmune disease. And really, autoimmune disease is when the immune system is attacking itself. So now if you could picture me, my hand's kind of flying over just away from away from me. It's just flying out. So you have too little immune system down by the ground. Too much immune system is allergy, and that's up in the air. And then way on the other side of the field is autoimmune disease where the immune system is attacking itself. So those are the three kind of immunologic areas of, of study or areas of medicine, for lack of a better term. So why am I bringing that up? Because when we're thinking about allergy, and we'll specifically talk about food allergy, because this is food allergy and your kiddo, of course. 
When we're thinking about food allergy, then the immune system is attacking something it really should not be attacking. There's no reason for the immune system to attack peanuts. But it is mistaking peanut as if it's a foreign invader, and that's why it's doing it. On the prior episode of the podcast, I talked about having allergy antibodies, little proteins that hang out on the outside of cells that sort of serve as as sensors, as detectors of allergen. And on the accompanying blog to this to this podcast, I'm going to have a link to a really great video that that kind of shows about how IgE works and it uses wanted posters. It's, it's a really cute video. So check that out, foodallergyarenkiddo.com. But when we have IgE, like say to peanut, on our allergy cells, like I talked about last week, then we are at risk of having an allergic reaction because if peanut binds to that peanut IgE, then like I talked about last week, those IgE can get together, have a party, send a signal down to the nucleus of the cell, and that cell sends out those cannonballs, sends out those mast cells, and wreaks havoc. And that's how anaphylaxis happens, is from those granules getting out into the tissues, into into the blood vessels. But I just told you at the beginning of the show that just because you have a positive skin test or a positive blood test, meaning you have IgE to peanut or whichever food, that you're not necessarily allergic. So how does that work? It all comes down to immune tolerance. And so I want you to think about food allergy a little bit of a different way than maybe you thought about it in the past. Instead of thinking that a kiddo develops a food allergy, for example, an eight-month-old who is given scrambled egg for the first time and has hives and swelling pretty soon after, I mean, within a few minutes of eating scrambled egg. Instead of thinking, oh, you know, this baby developed an egg allergy, what I want you to think is, why didn't this baby develop tolerance to egg? And that really is the big big question. And I'm also going to put a link to an earlier blog post I did on allergy versus immune tolerance, because that's really what we're getting at here. Allergy and tolerance, they're kind of like a teeter-totter or a seesaw, where if you have not enough tolerance, you're going to end up very potentially having allergy. And I say very potentially because this is still a tremendous area of research where very, very smart people are trying to investigate why, like the baby I mentioned earlier, why that baby who has an egg allergy did not develop tolerance to egg. Because if that baby had tolerance to egg, then the baby's immune system would tolerate it and would not be allergic. So that's how I want us to kind of think about allergy, um, specifically food allergy. Instead, so much of why did they develop an allergy, more why did they not develop tolerance? Or in the case of people who develop food allergies later in life, why did they lose tolerance to that food? And like I said, that's an area of study that is going on today that it's a tremendous area and looking at types of immune cells that 
that help promote the development of tolerance. So when you read some of the journal articles that I might allude to sometimes or cite and you're, you're reading about tolerance or when you hear someone talk about immune tolerance, now you know a little bit more about what exactly they're talking about. But that still doesn't really answer the question of how can you have a positive test, meaning you have peanut IgE, for example, and someone with possible peanut allergy, you have a positive skin prick test or a positive blood test or both, but you don't actually have an allergy. So the way that works is that the IgE, the allergic antibodies, they're only part of the story. They're only part of the equation and they can be outweighed by immune tolerance. Now, we don't have the exact physiology as to how this works yet. That's what the researchers are exploring. But what we know is that someone very, very much can have an abundance or an appropriate amount, whatever we want to call it, of tolerance to, say, peanut, even though they have peanut allergic antibodies, but the tolerance component of the immune system is outweighing the allergic component of the immune system. We don't know why that is. We do know, though, that you can develop tolerance, that somebody who has a peanut allergy can very possibly develop tolerance. And that's where the whole concept of immunotherapy comes in. Immunotherapy is when we are teaching the immune system to act a certain way. You've probably heard of allergy shots for pollen allergy. Allergy shots are a form of immunotherapy. When a patient with pollen allergy is receiving allergy shots, what's happening is that they're being injected with tiny amounts of the pollens to which they're allergic. And that amount increases little, little, little by little with each shot until the patient gets to a maintenance dose. And the maintenance dose is what's commonly recognized as a dose that will induce tolerance, meaning will make that person's immune system no longer have allergic reactions to pollen. That same concept is used with food, specifically with food allergy, oral immunotherapy is what that type of immunotherapy is called. There are also studies looking at immunotherapy to foods through a patch. There is also sublingual immunotherapy, which is drops for different foods. So there's a lot going on in the world of food allergy research looking at the best ways to induce tolerance to foods. What we don't have regarding tolerance to foods is a skin test, or a blood test. While we have skin prick testing and blood testing that can tell us whether or not somebody has IgE, that allergic antibody, to a food, meaning they're at risk of having a food allergy. Um, you could also say they're sensitized. That's a term that we use. Someone is sensitized if they have positive blood and or skin testing. But we don't have any testing to tell us whether or not someone is tolerant of the food, meaning we don't have a skin test or a blood test that tells us. 
the testing we do have is an ingestion challenge. And that's when you and your kiddo would come to see an allergist and would bring with you the food to which your kiddo may be allergic. I won't belabor the How a Food Challenge Works right now because I just had an amazing podcast a few weeks ago with Dr. Samantha Knox where we talked about food challenges and the safety of food challenges. So totally check out that podcast. But what I will say about food challenges is that even though they're not a skin test or a blood test, they are a way that we determine whether or not someone is tolerant of a food or whether or not they are allergic to a food. So we have a skin prick test and a blood test to help us sort of risk stratify whether or not we think somebody is allergic. And then ultimately the gold standard for diagnosis is that ingestion challenge. So the the overarching bottom line here, y'all, is that although someone can have allergic antibodies to peanut, those allergic antibodies are not necessarily running the show. And that allergic reaction can be prevented by having enough tolerance in the immune system to suppress that whole allergy reaction thing from happening. And like I said, we don't know the exact mechanism or the physiology of that right now, but there are lots of very smart people researching that. So I hope this has helped shed light on why you can have positive skin tests, positive blood tests, but not actually be allergic to a food. Someone who has a positive skin test and or blood test, but is tolerant of a food is said to be sensitized, but not allergic. But if you have positive testing and you have a positive ingestion challenge, that means that you are not tolerant of the food, your immune system is not tolerant, and you are allergic to the food. Allergy is super interesting, right? And rest assured, food area is a hot area of research. As I said before, lots of very smart people are studying this disease and determining underlying causes and finding better testing. I was reading an article the other day talking about some better testing and how to interpret the testing in the correct clinical context. So there's just so much on the horizon with food allergy. And I'm so excited that you tune into the podcast to learn more about it. I hope that I helped clarify why you can have a positive test but not actually be allergic. It all has to do with how robust that tolerance is in the immune system. So remember to visit foodallergyinyourkiddo.com. That's where you can find the video that I mentioned in this podcast episode. You can also find the other blog posts that I alluded to. And hey, go have a fantastic week. God bless you and God bless your family. Thanks for listening to this episode of Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with food allergist, Dr. Alice Hoyt. For more information on navigating the world of food allergy, visit www.foodallergyandyourkiddo.com and follow Dr. Hoyt on Twitter at Dr. Alice Hoyt. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Let's take the anxiety and confusion out of food allergy. Food allergy.